Hello and welcome back to the One Take Show podcast. In this episode, we are in conversation with the wonderful Mr. Arnav Rao. So, is a stand-up comic, and in this episode, we talk about his experience with law, and then subsequently, we talk about his experience with stand-up comedy, what got him started, what are the various fascinating stories that he has, and an amazing conversation in totality. So, make sure you watch this episode in full, and also, if you like this episode, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the channel. If you have any suggestions or feedbacks, write them down in the comment section. I would love to read them. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's start the podcast. You want something? Go get it. Period. Two and one, we're recording. Hello, sir. Welcome to the One Take Show. I am really, really excited about this episode. Number one, I'm a fan. I'm a huge, huge fan of your content. I genuinely love every piece that you put out, especially on YouTube with more than 1.75 million views on your channel. I think it's I it's a classic. I genuinely love everything out there, and I'm really excited about this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad you liked the content. A lot of people did, <laughs> so it's nice to meet the few who did. I am so curious to know what has been your experience there, as in what kind of feedbacks you've received that you uh, somehow realized that there are there's a section because I read your interview and I watched that entire interview with Baran Bench. I realized that there is an interesting conversation about free speech that brewed up there, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you being a lawyer yeah. who's now turned into stand-up comedy uh, comedian has stand on both these spectrums. So I'm really excited to know about that perspective of yours. Uh, yeah, I mean, like. Uh, the way i see it is like you put something on the internet anything can happen and yeah. uh, the the charm of live stand up mm-hmm. when you do put it out i mean it's like a kind of vicious cycle like the reason why we put out youtube videos is so that people come and watch us right and the idea is that we want people to just come and watch us so you still have to put out some content and mm-hmm. i mean like people can get offended about like <laughs> anything nowadays yeah so uh, yeah in that sense it's uh, it, it's so bizarre uh mm-hmm. as to some of the things like that there are comedians who've been targeted for making fun of a particular brand of bike mm-hmm. uh even comedians who've been like threatened because they made jokes about DJs so in some at one end of the spectrum it's like absolutely ridiculous like anything can like anything can offend anybody and that's that's the internet so like uh when you're playing that game i guess that's something that you have to like can't help but deal with that Mm-hmm. uh with me specifically with my content also being uh, sort of uh, controversial and sort of uh, touching the lines uh, yeah. th- I, th- there is an aspect of uh, fun to it uh, especially when you're doing that those jokes live when there's a live audience cuz the live audience gets it you're inside a comedy club this is a comedy show these are just jokes right uh, this isn't a stump speech for like i'm trying to run for office right these are just jokes but the second you put it in youtube and now suddenly people are not seeing it in that context even though like everything is put in place like there's a disclaimer it, the title very categorically says that this is stand up comedy uh but then people like take things out of context and uh, they get offended and when you're playing along with those lines th- there's there is a lot of aspects to it which is that's the fun of it right the, the reason you do jokes Like even in school, like right from school, like you're in college right now. There's a reason why you sit in the back bench, right? You make fun of your classmates, you make fun of each other, you make fun of the teachers. There is something about like you know I get into trouble for doing jokes, right? But that's the fun of doing jokes. Uh, and like receiving the death threats and all, like that was like a a bit like 
partially scary like a political party spokesperson threatening to file an FIR yeah. like in the middle of a pandemic like I don't understand <laughs> what the priorities are but uh, it was partially scary but I have to say and like I can't help it but they gave me an extra 10 minutes so uh, like if you get offended and then you come and you say all kinds mm-hmm. of things to mm-hmm. me you please understand that you're feeding the beast like you're giving <laughs> me more content right uh, right but i i i personally believe if you want to come and say like you hate my comedy you have the right to do that like i i don't disable comments on my videos you want to say something mean you want to say something bad by all means that's your right i will fight for your right to say that i won't respond that's up to me uh but yeah overall like majority has been positive uh so at least that like my likes to dislikes ratio on youtube is at least the algorithm like ah okay it's uh, <laughs> still yeah. in the positive point Right. Uh, so yeah, that that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think to some extent, comedians, uh, me being, I personally believe that I'm a free speech absolutist. If it were to me, a lot of things would be very different than what they are right now. But I think in many of the scenarios, comedians specifically become very soft targets, easy targets for the trolls or such harsh form of criticisms, extending to death threats, which I think is completely crossing the line in every possible imagination. that they can be so is that true like do comedians actually become that soft target i mean any artist is an easy target when it comes to uh, speech the 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 way i see it is that speech speech at large is being attacked right like journalists are being clamped down the journalists are getting killed right uh there there a lot of this is also to do with the fact that all these so called battles so to speak out being played out on social media so it's not really whether you're legally right or legally wrong it's just for this news cycle i need something to feed this constant 24/7 thing and everything is getting clamped in that sense like tv shows are getting censored movies are getting censored uh like i i'm doing a bunch of screen writing the last year or so i've been doing a lot of writing projects and at that very inception level stage itself certain ideas are just being like no it 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 will never get made we cannot do this cut it out right now right so in that sense the censorship in general okay now comedians are battling that so we're one one side of that so the fact that comedians are easy target yeah but that's any artist who's being targeted when like i just personally feel there have like really there have to be bigger issues they can't it can't be that today nothing happened like nothing happened worldwide right. <laughs> like the only thing that happened was this comedian's <laughs> joke that artist song that that artist painting yeah. that movie scene mm-hmm. that not even movie scene now it's like the trailer only is enough to offend me like without context <laughs> of understanding what the show is about what the yeah. full story is mm-hmm. uh, so like you have to like take it to the pinch of salt like if you don't engage i don't think how far it can get escalated it can in certain cases it has gotten escalated and that's where being yeah. a lawyer is just <laughs> like that's slightly advantageous that like okay mm-hmm. i'm like i know what I, what all i have to put in place so that i am right. safe in that sense mm-hmm. i'm sure i mean uh, as a comics job is to essentially uh, make statements which are at expense of someone like the idea of jokes is to create the controversy the uneasiness yeah, the discomfort very hard writing victimless jokes that is uh, that is true yeah. uh but yeah i 
like there are people who do clean content and they're very successful in doing it and some of them are really great i'm not saying that it's like bad comedy but uh being clean for them is something that comes naturally to them so there are some comedians if they try coming on stage and you know they swear or they do dirty jokes it just it doesn't make sense because that's not who they are now me and my friends like from growing up it's it's filth it's been filth it's been as controversial as possible yeah. uh, i got exposed to stand up at a very young age so sort of like that makes you already move gravitate towards okay who are the people who made it and like why have they made it and who do you personally look up to and you look up to you end up looking up towards the controversial comics and that's the kind of comedy you're going to end up doing yeah did you ever have a comic uh, hero someone that you genuinely looked up to uh, so the first ever comedian i saw was like a stand up dvd that my dad bought for me uh, uh when i was like 13 or 14 years old it's a comedian called dave allen i still hold him in like probably the highest mm-hmm. regard he's an irish comedian uh, he passed away in like 2004 but he is just phenomenal and he's very similar to at least i would like to think in terms of style we're very similar uh which is basically like observations wrapped in stories which is basically what most of my content is yeah yeah perfect and you mentioned that you uh, i mean this only i've tried to make this conversation as spontaneous as possible but i'm really sorry despite your warning no, 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 i'm trying ahead, to <laughs> i'm i'm going to make it a little bit about the law and the law students uh sure, one sure, is sure. that you were a lawyer now you said that since you were a lawyer you identify that if there is going to be a conflict you are better equipped to handle it than most of the other com- comics so from that experience of law school and then working in the legal industry and then moving to stand up my first question is obviously is there an interplay and does that interplay helps you out today as a comic um so the way i actually see it is like when i was graduating from i so i went to law school in england and when i was graduating from law school like at that whatever our uh, uh, what is it called convocation speech whatever <laughs> yeah. uh the our vice chancellor basically what he said was he's like what we've given you is a skill set uh and and in england like my batch is like the size of 200 of which majority like i'd say like like there would have been only 10 or 15 of us out of the 200 who had plans of practicing as lawyers nobody else had plans in in england it's a three year degree an llb uh, an llb honors and it's a very powerful degree to have that's what they basically trying to tell you because when you leave law school what are the skill sets you leave you can consume a lot of information in a short amount of time you're able to analyze that information you can now critically analyze it uh, and then convey that critical analysis in either uh, written format or spoken format right now that is a skill set that any industry wants okay True. any any yeah. like you're you're hired like you can do this you're hired okay <laughs> yeah. it it works i'm not no joke it genuinely works and so i apply that same skill set to stand up it, it's if you if you pursue law and if you or if you you studied law and then you're doing something else with your life you're still applying those skill sets of law so uh, what the law degree is it's not really yeah. applying the law itself like not statute and like uh, precedents but the the that muscle memory of ai yeah, yeah, what 1000 pages that's all you're giving <laughs> right yeah. Uh, yeah. that that is what i feel is uh, 
is is key in, in for anybody who's thinking of doing something outside of law even though they they've spent whatever that that long duration of <laughs> uh, studying law and then choosing to become lawyers the one thing you can reassure yourself with that that basic skill set is applicable in any industry right um, yeah and the second thing which i say which is the same what my uh, vice chancellor said when we were graduating college was he said what we've given you is we've given you a skill set that helps you you're prepared for luck right so when there is bad luck you know how to put your head down and do the work <laughs> that needs to be done when there's right. good luck you know how to capitalize when there's good luck that's it that's what that's what we've given you that's what college is that's what we aim to teach you so yeah so if whatever journey you're doing you there there's going to be a grunt i know it sounds all yeah. glamorous <laughs> you know you're doing stand up or you're choosing <laughs> to do some form of the arts and all that but whatever work whatever field you you decide to go into there is a certain amount of monotony and grunt work that has to be done yeah yeah and, no uh, yeah yeah sorry good no no please please continue no i i just like i don't want to sound like i'm giving too much advice the last <laughs> piece of gyan that i'm going to give but this is like it's not even mine which is why i can give it it's when i was studying right. law to become a stand up comedian this is what my dad mm-hmm. it was his advice to me which was uh, it's not about the pursuit of happiness it's about the happiness in the pursuit Wow. which means your daily drudgery you have to find fun if you don't find that fun then there's no point pursuing whatever you're pursuing there mm-hmm. is going to be grunt work whatever you choose there's going to be grunt work there's going to be a monotony you have to enjoy that if you enjoy that then it it's it's like 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 have you heard enough drunk people say dude it's about the journey <laughs> not the destination it's just that right That's right of, yeah <laughs> no uh, please uh, keep it coming i can see a constitution of india bear act back there in your uh, in your wonderful bookshelf i am just yeah, wondering yeah, if, is, that, is, if that if that's your uh, bear act or if it's uh, someone else's no no it's mine this is my so, house i live here so essentially no no i'm just wondering if there's someone else who has because what i the immediate uh, image in my head was you can always take a lawyer out of law but you cannot necessarily separate the two and i think with that preface uh the question is that when you talk about all these wonderful skill sets that obviously a law school trains us for and uh, so many people have said that all these skills are then to be applied in the real world practice and you actually did that when making the choice of getting into stand up comedy how do you apply those skills in stand up comedy and the reason why i'm asking this question is a lot of my friends actually are passionate about stand up comedy they want to perhaps take this up all they are wondering is if this education will go waste the five years of law school will that go waste essentially or can we use yeah, it in stand up comedy yeah to some extent comedy? it is to some extent you can <laughs> think about yeah it's gone to, to some extent uh, at the end of the day like right now my peers are people who have studied engineering is not some of them have done medicine uh, some people have done bcom one person the college dropout but we're all equals right so to some extent yeah it doesn't mean shit genuinely forget about it but it's up to you the one thing like if you if you manage to like go through the rigor of law school you can go through the rigor of anything like there is hard work in stand up it's it's there is there's a lot of rejection it daily you you sign up for that's basically when you have a show you're basically agreeing to i could be rejected today that's it right and and there is a learning curve of figuring it out yeah you can sit and watch as many stand up specials as you can uh mm-hmm. the only thing that i say and then analyze them and then break it down onto excel sheet and 
you can do all that you can do there is a science to the stand up and uh, like like for me personally like i before the pandemic like when i used to do like paid shows and it's like a ticketed event or like it's a private event that's paying a lot of money every joke that's there even if it's just a one minute joke that joke has gone through 40 open mics before right right mm-hmm. and that same five minutes that i have 40 different audio recordings of the same five minutes and i mm-hmm. listen to all 40 recordings of the same five minutes then i'll see yeah. which lines are working which lines are not working remove the lines that are not working which lines getting the mm-hmm. biggest laugh that has to be the ending so restructure the bit so that that becomes the closer so there's a lot of science a lot of trial and error and there's a lot of like just experimentation observation noted down right so that's yeah. a note taking is, is <laughs> yeah law school that that's easy uh, right. the the crazy thing is that once you uh, whatever said and done you can do all this homework you can practice you can rehearse i do that from time to time like i spend 2 hours a day just running through all my jokes and seeing if i can add more or try a different way i i do that i i do practice uh and i'm still this okay only so can you imagine if i didn't practice uh, but uh, uh yeah <laughs> the best learning is getting on stage so the more you get on stage that that's it that's the only learning that is there for stand up get on stage sure. as much as possible and so if anybody mm-hmm. is interested in wanting to do stand up find out look go on google search on facebook or social media for open mics happening around you speak to the comics figure out how to get spots everybody has their own way some are online registration some are on the spot i don't know it's all different i don't produce shows anymore so yeah i don't mm-hmm. do that headache but uh, <laughs> just do it that's it that's the only advice i can give is right. because i'm also figuring it out like i've i've been doing mm-hmm. it for like just over 5 years right now mm-hmm. and I, i i don't know for sure what works or doesn't work like i have a vague set i have a skill set like i know i can work the room i know yeah. i'll make them laugh but there are days where it doesn't happen and i'm only 5 years in 5 years is nothing in like the the long term thing of what stand up actually is like every comic that we look up to in the west nobody makes it bef- like minimum 10 to 12 years like there's nothing you won't even get like 10 minutes on tv and here in india you have the phenomenon of youtube which catapults anybody overnight into fame which is great uh, in that sense but at the same time we're, we're way more nascent in that sense so i know that like my dad also asked me like how long do you want to take to you know you're, you're medium successful you're not fully successful but like how long do you think it'll take for you to be fully successful and i was like dude you don't drink a whiskey <laughs> that's less than 16 years old no so give right. me also 16 years to like i'll become wow. single mom dude you give me that time and he's like okay i understand yeah. i was like okay cool. mm-hmm. so yeah you just find your analogies Right. I'm going to use this analogy every time my father asks me how long is it going to take you to be successful in litigation it's definitely going to take me way longer than you expect oh yeah it's it's the same like in litigation mm-hmm. also it's a, you don't get a lot of money for a very long period of time and then you just get a stupid amount of money for no reason which is exactly like stand up there's a lot of similarities in that sense plus friends and family always wanted to be pro bono right so, right legal services are so Well, who knew that uh, litigation and stand-up would be so dangerously similar? I just need to bring it up in every next conversation I have with a litigator. I <laughs> I need to throw this analogy at them. But it's fascinating. I think I was listening to one conversation with uh, that was on Joe Rogan's podcast with Kevin Hart. He was describing how it he takes about two years to write a special where he goes through an entire process of uh, of going through open mics across the country, various ways, and then crafting it out again and again and again. So the 
idea that stand-up comedy is uh, the perception or the narrative usually amongst people is that either you're born funny and all you have to do is just climb up on the stage, start speaking and someone will record the video of yours. It'll go up on YouTube and boom, now you're successful. Now you have millions of viewers and you have millions of audience and now you're making a lot of money. But there are major challenges that you actually have to grapple with, especially in the initial stages. Yeah, I mean, like you you don't put out content till you have like a backup of content. You know what I mean? Like at a very simple level, like if you're going to put out, say, hypothetically, a one-hour Netflix special, right? But that's much later on. I'm saying like, let's say for India and, and YouTube. Let's say I put out three videos each 10 minutes, right? So I put out half an hour worth of content. Now, let's say it goes viral. Now you want to come and see me. How much content do I have now? Right? I will only release when I have like an hour ready. Mm -hmm. I'll drop 10 minutes when I know I still have the hour so that whoever wants to come and watch me will, I still have content to do. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. There's one, it's like an unsaid, unwritten rule, which is you don't drop a special unless you have like three hours of content. That's when you drop one hour so that you go famous and then people want to come and see you. You you have stuff to tell them. Uh, The other thing is the aspect of like being born funny to some extent yes uh i mean it's just it's just a knack like like every every comic i know like who are my friends who i'm close to as well as comedians that i look up to and for me personally like we all we wanted to be the funny guy in the room like from a very young age right like my first open mic it was my friends who pushed me saying you're a funny guy go do this like stop telling us jokes go tell everybody else Right, it was lit, like they got me my first open mic spot, like my friend, and I owe them like crazy for that. And uh, so, like, there is that knack, but at the end of the day, uh, I think it was Akash Mehta, is a comedian from Bombay. Uh, I, he he basically said that like being funny is like it, it's like a muscle. So if you train it, which is what we do by open micing every day, by getting on stage as often as possible, we're fit. It's it's just that it's a muscle that you can train. So anybody can train that if you. The beauty of stand-up is uh, you can't get worse. <laughs> like when, whatever level you start, you start, and then you just keep. Do, you can't get worse. That it's, it's a beauty. So you you'll grow the longer. Mm-hmm. Like it took Louis C.K. like almost two or three years before he got his first laugh of just yeah. doing open mic. So and for each person individually, can like different journeys. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's I wouldn't uh, like I, I would recommend if anybody wants to try try it at least. Before right. you make a decision one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think it was Howard Stern's show where he was having a conversation with Trevor Noah and they were talking about what makes a comic really funny. And Trevor mentioned uh, Dave Chappelle and he said that Dave Chappelle has such, has such an audience primarily because he's so interesting more than he's just funny. The fact that a person is really interesting. And I think I observed some, I, re, I, I caught up on something like that when I started researching on this episode, when I was looking up your channel. And you have a couple of thumbnails that I, I, have huge respect for by the way <laughs> one of them one of them being more than one view and the other being yeah. less than one million views <laughs> so yeah i think that's that's the kind of interesting uh, gravity or the aura that uh, a personality creates and then suddenly they have people listening to them yeah so essentially it's weird it, <laughs> it it's kind of yeah it's kind of weird having people who are like i, I don't have like a very big fan following but i do have some fans and that's like it, it blows my mind. Like it's so confusing. I'm like, really, me? Why? Uh, 
it's, it's so much better out there uh, but it's nice it's a very i mean like we do this because we want validation and so when you get that validation it's it's all obviously an awesome feeling um but uh, i i don't think my fans are too die hard like <laughs> i had one okay. fan like who bought tickets for my show and then sends me a message saying i slept off i'm sorry i missed the show i'm like oh, wow great <laughs> you actually got a message like this yeah yeah he apologizing i bought a ticket i slept oh. off so i missed the show and i'm like oh, great dude thanks for telling me that okay. feels, i feel so good now <laughs> nice perfect but for example one of the sets that i was watching was about this uh, discrepancy of south indians versus north indians I and mean, your yeah. i think every viewer of this podcast by this episode particularly i am muting half of the time because i don't want any audio feedback but i'm laughing continuously and one of the reasons is because so is so interesting and if you want to see how interesting he is just check out these videos man and i think with that oh, yes subscribe like share subscribe whatever <laughs> supposed to i mean with your this out of curiosity where is this podcast going like where is this going to air uh, this is going to air on so i'm very proud of the fact where all it is not proud of the fact with about the subscriber base that i have but the <laughs> reach is my, huge my, <laughs> my podcast has 50 subscribers so don't worry it's okay <laughs> I, i it actually goes out on 15 different platforms uh from youtube okay, wow. spotify to apple podcast then to jio savan amazon music uh, i heart radio everywhere and amassing wow. somewhere around <laughs> 5000 people listening to it i mean that's about it hey, that that's way better than our podcast man like <laughs> good job for you man no no i i mean obviously there's uh, you have videos with more than 800000 views i don't think uh, no, no, there's why, a comparison that's that's the stand up channel we have another <laughs> i have a podcast called between two rows with my fellow comedian ravi rao oh and really? uh, so that's <laughs> on a separate youtube channel called between two rows and that has 50 subscribers <laughs> perfect you will get two more from this video <laughs> i okay, subscribe we'll and some, so will my some. mother <laughs> great yeah great. both yeah, of us are getting perfect I, and, although i don't recommend i i just genuinely i don't recommend mm-hmm. that your mom should watch the podcast <laughs> no no like, she could no yeah oh, that that's great but like you watch it first before you tell your mom like yeah go ahead because ravi and i are quite outlandish in the podcast okay. we like nobody's watching we said some really we said some crazy shit no no i see so, that illuminati sign behind you and i'm really <laughs> have i have huge expectations of this podcast now Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a fun podcast. We we just we just drink and then just like say mm-hmm. random shit. That's basically what the podcast is. <laughs> Which basically I think is the entire podcast industry. Anyone doing anything else is just pretending. Yeah. I think that's how the podcasts yeah, work. But uh, I think as we as we I mean I do have to somehow conclude this conversation. Yeah, yeah sure. As sad as it gets, but uh, we yeah. we have to uh my last set of questions for you obviously is going to be something where i'm going to ask for your advice and uh, one of them is for some for example someone who is already in law school because that's who i think uh i reach out to the most most of the viewers of this podcast are law students so okay. like i love roast there are roast sessions in dr ramanuli national law university we have roast sessions okay. we have stand up sessions and i do participate very actively in them and so do a lot of other people right and if they want to try their hand at stand up or are very serious about it what would your suggestion be is there a blueprint first of all if there is and if there is then what is it that we can do about it okay uh, there is i mean like the basic thing is there's a premise setup punchline but no 
I wouldn't like. So that's the thing. If you're if you're going if it's your first open mic, and I've been asked this at open mics, and uh, like this is my first or my second open mic, I tell them one thing and one thing only. I'm like, don't come and ask for advice till you have done that same joke twenty times. You do it twenty times, you yourself will know what works and what doesn't work. The same five minutes. You write down five minutes. Uh, practice it. Do whatever you want. Whatever. Act out. I have no restrictions. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's fine. So write five minutes. Try and make it personal because that's easier because it gives you longevity. Uh, and and it, it, one thing about comedy, which they always one word that gets thrown around a lot is is honesty. And that's I mean yeah, you can play a character on stage and that also works. And that's up to you if you're if you're more uh, leaning towards like acting and stuff like that. But that's fine. That's that's up to you. I don't want to like write your material for you. So there's no blueprint as such. Write five minutes. get on stage do do 20 times you know if you're getting a laugh you're not getting a laugh for the same jokes and you 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 do it more times you'll think hey i can do it this way right uh that that, that broadly that's what i'm going to say uh one very important rule please please don't plagiarize uh if you've seen a joke as a meme you saying that does make doesn't like there's nothing great that's you might get a laugh but that's not original try your best to be original have an original perspective uh don't copy jokes that's that's a big the second you get labeled as like a joke thief or somebody who copies jokes like the comedy circuit kind of shuns you and 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 rightly so uh, because there's no protection in that sense for comics who have like jokes getting stolen like i know like i've had I wouldn't say like my jokes been stolen as such, but like these are jokes that I had written, and then I discover that a Western comic has done th- like pretty much the same thought or the same punchline years years ago. I I just didn't know, and so I I dropped that joke. I don't do that joke anymore because it's out there in the public domain. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I don't recommend for newcomers to do the. to try and go the daily show the trevor noah route or like you know like tweet on like you can do the tweeting on like oh this is a news thing i want to do a joke on the today's news item and tweet it that's great you can develop a social media following if you're regular at it and like i try i i hate social media and i'm very regular i just do it because i have to it's an occupational hazard but if you're good at that then great but remember that you lose that joke like think about like in one year's time will that joke still be relevant can i still perform that joke so think about like in 5 years time can i still perform this joke or if i put this joke on youtube today 5 years from now will that joke still be okay on its own right uh, is it too mm-hmm. heavy on references these are these are again like these are just personal stuff uh, if you want a very specific blueprint then uh, i recommend looking up uh, scott dickers he was one yeah. uh, i i'll text you the name so you can mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, you can share the mm-hmm. scott dickers was one of the the founding founders of uh, the onion which is why i have the ardam centuries the onion newspaper the original fake news guys but they did it for satirical purposes yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh so scott dickers says that there are only 11 types of jokes so i don't know if you've heard this thing there are only seven types of stories um mm, okay i haven't so he lists out this thing that there are only 11 types of jokes that like basically any joke or any uh, a bit that you take will have a mix of all of these so 
Uh, one second, I, I should have that written down. I have it written somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Hang on a second. Uh, I'll just quickly read out uh, what they are. Wait, why can't I see? No worries. I'll put in my feeble attempt at humor by inserting the one minute later video in this part of the transition. Okay, yeah, I, I got it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so there are only 11 jokes. This is Scott Dickers' list. And so the first is irony, which is uh, like, I, I, if, I, if you want me to give you an example of irony, it's basically an alcoholic father disappointed in a pothead son. Yeah. Irony. Uh, then you have a character which is a comedic character and whatever the traits of that comedic character are. Then you have reference humor, which is a lot of your topical news stuff kind of stuff, right? Or, or like you're referring to a TV show, just reference in that sense. One advice with reference that I always tell people is if you're doing a reference, make your reference the premise, not the punchline, right? So That's if you're right. talking about a TV show, then tell me about the TV show. So even I've not seen the TV show, I still get the joke and you make that parts of it funny. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to the ending of some random joke you've just connected some other TV show I then I will not understand that joke unless I know the reference and this reference so that's mm-hmm. I mean that's just a personal pet peeve again uh, that's again uh, then you have shock value which is mm-hmm. a lot of dark humor and stuff then you have uh, hyperbole which is exaggeration uh, you have parody which is basically mm-hmm. mimicking something you have wordplay is the mm-hmm. worst form of comedy but <laughs> allowed from time to time judiciously uh, right. then you have analogies uh, you then have madcap which is sort of kind of all compass all compassing of like just crazy stuff mm-hmm. uh, right. then you have meta humor which is mm-hmm. sort of making fun of the process of making humor and mm-hmm. then you have uh, misdirection which is yeah. basically i'm leading you one way and then with one line, I flipped it all together. So there, these are mm-hmm. 11 jokes. Like every joke, when you hear it, it'll fall under one of these 11. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of reverse engineering that, what I do is if there's a premise of mine that I, I sometimes I just riff on stage. And okay. keep in mind that for, uh, part of the writing process of stand-up is performing stand-up. So no matter mm-hmm. how much you sit yeah. and write your notes and color code and put tabs and all that, some of my best lines have come to me while I've been on stage performing. That's the 30th time or the 40th time. Or there's right. some moments that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if something's not working, you can look at these 11 and say, okay, I was trying this. Maybe I can look at this as another writing technique to approach the same thought. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants a blueprint, that's, that's about all I have. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just get on stage, do it as often <laughs> as possible. No, wonderful. I mean, I, first of all, I've never heard of this. I never heard of the seven types of stories as well. And I think when I was asking you a question on blueprints, I wasn't expecting that it would actually get this comprehensive. Uh, but I'm really grateful for it. I think uh, sort of like a trade secret that uh, I, any, any professional would not necessarily not divulge. Secret. It's not a trade secret. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Only getting on stage, that's all that matters. Getting mm-hmm. on stage as often as possible, that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. I think this is absolutely wonderful. Uh, this is one of the very rare conversations that I was completely off track and so enjoyable in every possible aspect. Yeah, um, thank you, man. Very kind of you to say. <laughs> no, first, thank you so much for actually uh, gracing this podcast. I was, I was really sort of nervous before we started this podcast. Grace and all, okay. 
I don't deserve so much respect and honor. <laughs> Calm down. But still, I think with this, I think the idea that now this entire process of yours is going to evolve with the uh, everything changing around us. There's one question that which I think is my last question to you is obviously that with changing times and all, how do you see your craft evolving in the future? I mean, with COVID, with the market changing, with every consumption of the content changing, how do you see your craft evolving? Uh, so. Yeah, that's a good question because COVID has really thrown a monkey wrench into everybody's plans, and uh, as some experts are saying, we're going to live like this till November of twenty twenty two. So uh, there is there is a lot of uncertainty <laughs> of uh, where this is going. Uh, I like I said uh, earlier, I've been very fortunate. I've got into I got lucky with screenwriting work and sort of got like got one project did well on that project. and then the other writers in the writing room were like hey these other projects are also available so uh, and they were all very very lucrative so yeah. it's like uh, <laughs> safe in that sense yeah uh, all my bad habits i can afford and right. uh, <laughs> it's um, so for the foreseeable future right now i'm not trying to make any very long term plans because i really don't know what the future holds right now sort of like living it like short term goal to short term goal Uh, and sort of build as much uh, of savings as i can right now so i'm doing a lot of writing mm-hmm. work i'm doing right. stand up on zoom which is mm-hmm. which is fine okay uh, it is a learning curve for me it is a learning curve for the audience as well and i don't mind yeah. doing them uh, i've had i've had some really fun zoom shows but mm-hmm. it's just nothing compared to live and so i i'm happy doing the yeah. zoom shows because i i'm like the goal is one day we will come back to life Yeah, uh, okay. and in terms of the craft of stand up, that's my main focus. Uh, as soon as things open up, like the writing can take a backseat. I've built my savings back to stand up, and stand up and writing like there's enough. One thing this pandemic taught me is that there are enough hours in the day to be very very productive, and it's kind of weird, but I've been mad productive in the last one year or so. uh and yeah. written a lot like both stand up as well as uh mm-hmm. like long form stuff and uh yeah i i i don't want to like commit to <laughs> any plan right now because i really don't know what is going to be possible and what's not going to be possible uh the dream which i will have to achieve before i can like potentially like like my put my mind at ease is doing that world tour of stand up one day hopefully Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be sold out and like it like it'll be great mm-hmm. to do that to yeah. travel the entire world like my dream is to actually live out of a suitcase mm-hmm. and just being traveling the world doing stand up and hopefully that can happen again <laughs> and i'll be good right. enough by the time i i'm able to do so right perfect perfect i think that's that's very inspiring in one way or the other um number one the productivity part i'm bang on i think uh, what covid has done is completely shown our vulnerabilities and has put the finger down on us and shown us that see now you no, have time now, I mean, now you don't have the excuses no that is one way but i like i live in mm-hmm. bangalore man so 3 hours of just traffic is to go and attending <laughs> open like that 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 has right. really been removed from so uh, there are i i do 18 hour days now mm-hmm. and uh, it's great like you I, i enjoy what i get to do and yes i wish i could get more sleep but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's fun right perfect i think this was a wonderful wonderful conversation and uh, a fun conversation for that matter a break from the kind of conversations that this channel is usually 
accustomed to uh, and something that I was really looking forward to. Thank you so much for taking time off and thank you hey, so much for, for sitting down me. with me. And uh, before we wrap up, uh, do you have any closing remarks for our viewers? Uh, like, share, subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, like, share, subscribe to my podcast channel Between Two Rows. And uh, yeah. you can follow me at Arnav Rao on Twitter and Instagram. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Like, guys, just stay safe, <laughs> stay sound, wear your mask, sanitize your hands. Right. Be safe, guys. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much.